Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. This was the uh, first episode that we recorded. Uh, we recorded it today uh, over Zoom. We're going to upload it to our Facebook and onto our YouTube later on today. Uh, this is our first ever attempt at recording something like this. Uh, so apologies if it's a little jittery or the sound quality is not great. Um, but it was a really good blast recording it. Um, Molly is one of my best friends um, and she's an excellent yoga teacher. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Live Happier podcast, Facebook Live, Zoom recording. Um, today we have got Molly Harrigan on. Uh, Molly is a yoga teacher and a yoga therapist. I'm going to try and pronounce the specific type of yoga that she teaches, which is Jivamuktu. Did I get it right? You've got it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, Molly is one of my dearest, oldest, best friends. Um, uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Molly. Thanks for having me. Well, very, very welcome. Um, yeah, Molly and I have been, I was thinking about this earlier on, so we've known each other since we were 11, and we're both 31 now, so it's been 20 years. 20 years, years. oh my Isn't God, it's a long, old time. Where the hell is the last 20 years gone? <laughs> I still feel like we're like 11 years old, mucking around your parents' house and getting Absolutely. Scared. Scarecrows that we convinced were moving, and I'm pretty sure I'm getting more immature by the day. <laughs> I was like at my most mature when I was 12. I remember going. I remember the first time ever going to your house, and you had war and peace on your bedside table. You're convinced that this never happened. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I set the bar too high. You started off at war and peace slowly. <laughs> I'm and back to Harry Potter, age 31. This yeah, excellent. I actually gave Cam. Uh, Cam was like, "Right, okay, if we're in quarantine, I uh, I need to I need to read a book." I was like, "Why don't you start with Harry Potter?" Open up the first page. He was like, "I can't commit for seven books. It's too much. <laughs> I can't do it." Oh. Bless him. Um, so, Mole, tell everyone where are you? Uh, where are you at the moment? It looks lovely in the background there. Yeah. So this is we're actually in an Airbnb at the moment, and we are in Newquay. So we I've literally got one beach out of one window and another beach out of another window so feeling Amazing. super lucky yeah we were very lucky to catch up just before lockdown happened didn't we we uh, it was the night before was it the night before wow yeah we uh, the, molly had just the been, night before we had the last supper the last supper before <laughs> lockdown um yeah molly had just got back from sri lanka she'd been there for a few months uh well you tell everyone what, what were you doing in sri lanka um, I was basically teaching a couple of retreats out there. One was for um, this amazing place everyone should know about, actually. It's called Ulpota Village. And it's a yoga and Ayurveda um, village in the middle of the Sri Lankan jungle. No electricity. Um, and you, they encourage you to be there for two weeks because it is such a big experience and like game changer uh, that they want you to really spend two weeks going quite deep into it. So you're pretty used to then isolation, right? Yeah, very used to it. Although, although this time to go there, I literally got off the plane from London to Colombo. I went straight into the jungle and arrived at night. And like, I went into my hut and there was the biggest 
spider like this big and that I was like I definitely need a few days kind of resting in between <laughs> funny isn't it there's I was always like that, yeah Gatwick to that there's always that moment between when you land somewhere and like actually finally switching off or when you've been switched off and then you come back to London and it's like I don't know it's an absolute shock to the system isn't it I remember totally. I had that one I think it was last no two summers ago we were in Canada and um we'd been camping on the beach for five days and we built our own hot tub and we hadn't seen another human being and we had black bears on the beach. It was absolutely incredible. Um, and then we flew to Vegas. Oh my <laughs> God. Vegas and I was like, this is hell on earth. Like that it, couldn't be more different. It was horrendous for like 24 hours. And then I like slowly got into it like three, three days in. I was like, this is actually great. Like, I love this place. Definitely want to come back. But yeah, it's a funny. What's funny thing about things like that is how quickly, it's how quickly we adapt. Like even now in lockdown, like probably it was strange for the first week. And now everyone's just totally used to it. No one's even talking about it. They've just got their routine set up. And once people have their routine, I think humans are so quick to adapt. Yeah, I think I think there's there's a saying. I actually, in fact, I wrote it down. I was listening to a podcast earlier on. It was like humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. Yeah, like, yeah, it's 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 so true. I think that's um, so true. Like we we are incredible. We have an incredible ability just to adapt to our surroundings, to our environment, whatever stresses we're under, whether it's a positive stress or or a negative stress. I think it's it's so true. Um, but I definitely but maybe. Maybe we've just got to be a bit more careful about what we're adapting to sometimes because you can just, if you can just slip into this like easy routine and um, managing and coping quite well with like lots of different scenarios, it's kind of got, to, we've got to be quite mindful about what we're, what we're adapting into sometimes. Yeah. I was going to say, how was, um, how would you say your sort of like your transition into, into isolation was? Was it like easy from the get go? Did you struggle to start off with? Um, it felt quite easy. I mean, the, I was in another Airbnb and I was literally teaching from the kitchen <laughs> and we had a studio. So it was all in the same room, bedroom, living room, kitchen, and then there was a little bathroom tucked away. So it, with my partner, I literally was like, it's teaching time, no sound. We, I didn't have any of like the microphones or anything like that. Um, so it was more just hilarious. Like what came off on camera and what was going chaos in the background. Um, <laughs> and I think actually I felt at the beginning of lockdown, maybe there was a bit more camaraderie going on. Um, yeah. Everyone felt like they were really supporting each other. Everyone was quite creative. They were, were not creative actually, but more like willing to try lots of different stuff out. There were a million apps. People were going on house party app, this app, playing charades, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And now I think people, as we keep doing um, with kind of our society, are just getting overwhelmed with the amount of choice. Oh, this is how I felt anyway. And then a little bit kind of back down away from screen time a bit and just kept it to kind of the basics. Yeah. So yeah, I felt like when, when too much choice happens, it's just sometimes it can be quite, um, what's the word? It can just make you freeze. Yeah, oh, it's just overwhelm, isn't it? And I yeah. think I think we're constantly, I think particularly when you're living in London, like you're, it's quite easy to feel overwhelmed. And I know, I definitely felt that at the beginning. That f that transition period to so that first week, I was like, Cam was Cam was working at home, 
he's he's an essential work my boy, boyfriend's an essential worker so he's thank god i like i don't know how we would have coped if he'd been at home the whole time that first <laughs> he drove me insane like we live on a boat it's a very small space um oh my god he can't speak quietly it was just constant you know phone calls and stuff so i was yeah i was quietly slightly concerned and then when he was told that he had to be could go into work i was very very thankful and I think yeah. like at the beginning I was like all of the hit classes all of the running like all of this stuff and then and I was then I I started a coaching program as well and I've it was just overwhelmed like oh my god I've got to be doing this I've got to be doing this and I was trying to do all these things but you're just like just trying to find mm. your head above water and I think and you don't have that time between things it's like you're scheduling like from 12 1 to to two to three three to four whereas usually they have a walk to somewhere or like have a bit of a break in between but yeah. you're doing it all from home and so it's so easy to get overworked I think yeah I think so I think it's been interesting I've definitely like my mornings have been my like saving grace I think you know we're getting up at the same time every day and that's making a huge difference and we'll get up and have a cup of coffee together I mean, half the time Cam's looking at his phone because he's burnt out and stressed out with work. But I'm feeling nice and grounded. Really nice. Yeah, and then you know, doing a bit of exercise, making sure I'm drinking water. But it's funny the days when I don't exercise in the morning, it gets to like three and I start lagging, and then between three and six, I don't know, or three and five, I don't know where that time goes. It seems yeah. to fly by, and then you're like, oh god, you know. So I think it's night time. Yeah, and then it's night time and it's chill out time. But it's, I think for me, definitely kind of owning the morning really and, and spending some time doing some meditation and breathing and all that sort of thing helps me massively stay. There's, some, there's loads of actually, I can put any um, links to anyone who needs any advice or help, but there's some amazing like meditation groups and breathing groups. Okay. Um, and I just did a 21 day breathing um group kind of breath work and it's about 45 minutes each morning oh wow and I mean uh, it's this she's called um her website's called Zoga Flow she's going to do another one and she just describes them all really well and of course you can kind of do it on your own and I can definitely do them on my own because I know the techniques but it it's just so um it's so much more kind of empowering and inviting it doing it with a group and there was probably about 35 of us doing it every morning that's amazing so that was really nice. I think um, I think that that element of um, community is so important. I think I think you kind of touched on it earlier on. You know, people were maybe a lot more compassionate or a lot more uh, I don't know willing to reach out or to talk, and there was that sense of camaraderie at the beginning. And I wonder whether now people are kind of used to doing things on their own. Whether them whether people are still getting that need. Whether they're still getting that. Ah, well, this was interesting actually because. Um... I, I go to therapy, so I have a therapist I was talking to about this with because he was noticing lots of clients saying it to him and um, how it, what it's going to be like going back. Oh and I was gosh, explaining, yeah. I was like, oh, God, when I come back to therapy with you, I'm going to feel like a bit nervous about being in the room. <laughs> and like and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like maybe having been in lockdown, there will be. And I heard lots of other people say, oh, it's going to be a bit strange interacting with people. Um, in a physical way like obviously we want to and we yearn for that um, but now we haven't had it it's definitely going to be a little bit of a clunky yeah um, 
I've definitely like, noticed that from speaking with like with my with my practice members and clients and patients. Um, I found that really interesting and it wasn't something that would had even really been on my radar until I heard it again and again and again from people just saying that, you know, they're really they're concerned or they're feeling anxious about going back to the office and and you know that much social interaction again particularly I think if you're a bit more of an introverted person where you, you mm -hmm. you're comfortable you get your energy from being alone rather than being in big groups of people um and just kind of how to manage that transition period and I thought I don't know I think calling to something like yoga or meditation I think and like and trying to think about the pre oh I'm just distracted by the rain that's just about <sighs> chucking it down um but I think that kind of the idea of just staying in the present now and I know you guys talk a talk a lot about that in yoga and if there's anything if there's any kind of techniques or or tips that you can give on on that just sort of focusing on what you can do right now to kind of manage that experience or manage those emotions um well that's a it's a really good question actually so as we've touched on definitely I would agree that the morning time to set up almost some kind of um almost i see it as a bit of protection actually protection or kind of buffer i really like that as an idea it's kind of like right i'm going to build my own protection my own boundaries around what i want to achieve or where how i'm going to put myself in the world today yeah exactly so and just that time and when you when you do something like meditation or breath work it just you can just see the rest of the day whatever happens you just have a bit of a space from from it so you're still interacting but you're not on reflex and you're not so like charged by what's being thrown at you um, but also I don't even know if this is kind of I guess it is um, it is yoga but yoga now is such a is holding so much space like originally you know it was just like uh, maybe it was like asana or it was quite like this is for your health and now I feel like yoga's holding a bit of like the counseling space or the um, therapeutic space as well, which is amazing. Yeah. But things maybe like the yoga tradition would say, accept everything because we're all energy. So for instance, there's a really nice poem by Rumi that's kind of accepting every emotion that comes to the door. It's just a guest and it's welcome. And it's that idea to take forth in your day, like, whatever you're feeling, even if it's overwhelm, even if it's fear about going back out into the world or like, it's not good or bad ever. It's just emotions and yeah. we should welcome them all in because they're all changing anyway. Um, and I would say that kind of element of just compassion and other people. And I really like the idea of we're all different parts. So even though a part of us could be feeling one way, another part of us might be feeling really strong. Um, so you can say if, if a part of you is more dominant that day, you just be like, oh, it's just a part of me that's feeling like this. Yeah, I think, um, I, think I, I like that idea of, of just accepting, of accepting emotions. I saw, saw it was an Instagram post, I think it was yesterday, and it was said, um, it, was, it was talking about anger, and it was saying, it was like, if you're angry, it's your fault. Like, it's, you know, you're the one who is reacted to in that situation. It's no one else's fault. It's your fault. And I was thinking, I was like, like, there's really, there's no compassion in that, you know? It's, that's, I understand yeah. the concept of it, but I thought it was, 
I think in a particular time like this, I don't know that it's a particularly helpful way to think. I think if you're feeling a particular emotion or a certain way, it's just, it, yeah, accepting it for what it is, thinking about it, yeah. doing what you can to maybe resolve it. If it is, an, if it's an emotion that's, that's causing you discomfort, then, but just ignore, yeah, as you said, give yourself some compassion and just acknowledging it. I, I think, yeah, that's what I've really learned. Like, you don't actually have to do anything with the emotion. You're not trying to change it. You just acknowledge it and accept it. The more that we resist it and cause friction against it, that's where, that's where kind of um, more, yeah, illness maybe, let's say, comes from. Uh, I always use that analogy with, um, when explaining things, it's like, you know, at the beginning, if someone is coming to see me as a new patient, you know, it's like, right, what can I do now? What can I do? What, what you know, what exercise can I do? What, they want everything right now. It's like, just, just let's like one step at a time. I was like, the more you push the body, the more it's going to push back. Like, I think absolutely. we each have an inbuilt, inbuilt bit of sort of innate stubbornness, basically, you know, it's yeah. journey takes time. Everything takes time. And it's just, mm. I think this this whole situation is kind of taught us, was teaching us that lesson of of taking time and being a little bit more compassionate and going a little bit easier on ourselves. Um, totally. So one of like the funny, almost like paradoxical things I think with like yoga and healing and everything, probably chiropractic, chiropractor as well, chiropractory. <laughs> no one can pronounce it. It's like a they just. What is it? Is it chiropractory? No. <laughs> Friends for 20 years, still doesn't know. <laughs> no, I know you're a chiropractor, but what's the, what's the actual... Um... Chiropractic. So the... Chiropractic. The, so I am a chiropractor. Chiropractor. Chiropractic. The profession is the chiropractic profession. Not there you go. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I get all sorts, all sorts of things. You're not alone, don't worry. <laughs> um, so I guess it's like almost like the weird paradox. So I can imagine with you, like with the alignment, you have to kind of put some effort in, let's say, and they do as well, mm -hmm. the client to bring themselves back into realignment. And same with yoga in some respect. Um, maybe it's more about, um, it's about realigning, but it's also the idea of the energy flowing freely through the body. So there, there has to be some effort and maybe some boundaries or a practice that helps you start the realigning process, mm. whether it be an um, asana practice or adjustments for you or meditation or pranayama, all that, those things. But there's also a letting go in that as well. So if you get the people who overwork the practices, they're missing the grace period, the period of just being. So the paradox is you've almost got to like set up a practice and then almost be like unattached in it or um, surrender once you've got the boundary up. And it's that, it's the two holding each other um, that create healing or freedom or um, energy flowing. So funny enough, a lot of people I've told to do less yoga because they're, they're killing it just too much too much all the time yeah yeah I think that's very true I think it's um it's an element of just trusting in a process isn't it trusting yeah. in chiropractic we talk about innate intelligence well maybe we don't so much anymore because chiropractic has changed so much and and over the years how it's become broken up and become more medicalized but the sort of the foundation of chiropractic philosophy was that we have you know there's universal intelligence within the world and we have innate intelligence within our, within our own bodies 
And it's, you know, the body is designed to heal. It's designed to be well. It's only when something happens, you know, whether it's a subluxation in your spine, like a, 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 a stiff joint that, you know, affects the way that your brain and body are communicating or it's too high stress levels or it's a physical injury or something along those lines that it, that it breaks that balance basically between, yeah, between mm. really. So I remember that's what we've been talking about lots. I think you and me as we've like grown up in our professions um, and, and witnessed it, you know, witnessed it through loads of clients coming through and learning. Um, but maybe at the beginning, I used to think it was only kind of structural. It will be because um, I don't know if they've got an injury from running or they fell off their bike or something like that, where the misalignment takes place. But it's now understanding that, the emotions than just life experience and what they go through has a huge effect on how the body, literally how the posture of the body shapes itself and how the, the stress obviously on the body. But there is a brilliant book called The Healing Code. I've forgotten what it, who's oh, written. I was gonna grab this one. I remember you and I were talking about, yeah. oh, oh, I think it's in my bed. Is it here? Yeah, no, it says it. Um, there was the other one that was the, the body keeps- Body keeps the score, yeah. Yeah. yeah which is it's talk a little bit about the healing code go and explain that well the healing code so because it's taken me years to really believe that if i'm honest to understand that our life experiences um can affect our physical health like mm -hmm. to really get that and i think why people are resistance resistant towards it because we've got quite a lot of responsibility for our health that means um so what the healing code says is basically our immune system is the most powerful thing. Like no, nothing else has been invented that can like match its power. It's so incredible when it's working well, like it can, I think it can, it can deal with anything that's thrown at, at the body. Um, but what it shows and proves is that, when we have emotional stress or physical stress, like work is really busy, but it also could be like that you're going through a divorce yeah. or um, you're suffering from grief. Lots of things that are causing emotional stress in the body as well. Then what happens is when the, the stress system is heightened, there's actually a way that it starts turning off the immune system by not, not, you know, that's probably not a good way that we're working. Maybe we'll evolve over that one day. <laughs> um, we know what you're saying. Yeah. So, um, so then illness comes because the immune system is weaker. Mm -hmm. So what kind of, um, I guess, Western medicine, which is amazing does is it treats the disease. It treats the illness. It shows like, where is the illness showing up? And we're going to do that. Whereas maybe more holistic work is all about um, reducing the stress to allow the immune system to work better. Yeah, in um, in chiropractic we have a, another analogy. I think this is I think this is very true in yoga that it's that healing comes above, down, inside, out. So particularly stronger with with yoga more so it's up above down so it's sort of connection with your thought process or maybe it's a spiritual connection but it's it's what's going on up here how that affects the rest of your body how you can change internally and then how that then how you then are able to organize yourself in in the outside world whereas yeah. a lot of the time when you look at 
again I'm not poo-pooing medicine in any way like it's an amazing it's been great for my family I'm ne- you know I would we none of us would be here without it but sort of the general idea of it that is that you know it's an outside in absolutely yeah yeah, and it's working the other way so it's still exactly just useful so in a yoga tradition they have something called i mean in healing they have loads of ideas about the layers but they have five layers in yoga they're called the koshas oh, so you have to me. yeah so you have the physical body okay. which you you work on and to keep like aligned and healthy and um diet and everything like that then you've got the breath body and the breath body is obviously how you're breathing but also how you're managing your energy so if you're someone that's just go 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 all the time or you're someone that's quite lethargic and really like um kind of down so it's how you manage your energy is connected to that layer as well and then there's the mind and the emotions the mental layer the emotional layer and then there's your what's called the wisdom body so it's um intuition and whether you know or you're doing what's good for you and then at the very center which is probably what you were saying you start at in healing um is kind of awareness bliss um love pure energy so you start from there and then you come out through the layers or you can do it the other way back the other way around in terms of like a heat in terms of a healing perspective you could start by start with an outer layer and as you kind of as you as you heal and you get better or as i hate using the word better but you know what i mean that you then get closer to that core being is that what you mean yeah yeah, well, actually, in yoga, in yoga, we definitely go that way. You go with the body, the breath, the mind, the wisdom, and then you hit the energy at the end of the practice, usually. You've, like, gradually kind of allowed yourself to experience it from literally more dense matter that you can kind of feel to this more, like, um, energetical substance, let's say, that's harder for us to maybe access. But I think I'm not... I'm doing a healing course in two weeks time, so I will report back. But I think from healing, you kind of start from the other way. So you go straight into the energy body and the field of the person. I think, um, have you ever looked at any of Joe Dispenza's work? Do you know? Definitely heard his name or her name. (laughs) He's, um, he's, I mean, he's a chiropractor originally by trade, but he does, he looks a lot of uh, basically energy and now looking at quantum physics and, you know, how, how we're not just one being, do you know what I mean? Like we, I think we've got to stop thinking about ourselves as this, that's quite cool, we, <laughs> as this individual uh, being, you know, that the way that our energy basically interacts with the world and with others and like, you know, you, we've all walked into a room and you know, you can cut the tension with a knife, like that's, that's energy, right? So I think for me, if I got, if I heard myself say that, like what, even five years ago, I would be like, like, rubbish but it's I don't know I think maybe as I'm maturing as maybe as I'm understanding more yeah you're work, you've been working with it the day you've been born like a lot and you as a chiropractor will be working with it all the time on a very intuitive level yeah yeah and then you uh yeah mentioning the the body keeps the score I think um just talking about yeah how trauma can affect your life and how you physically hold it and I've seen that so much in in my practice with patients you know you can particularly chronic pain you know people who have been in pain for 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 decades Mm -hmm. and it's as you get to know obviously not everyone wants to open up straight away but as you get to know someone as you dig through those layers and people start to open up more you you realize that a lot of it stems back to a traumatic event whether it's a physical thing or an emotional thing um yeah it's just interesting 
and usually quite early ones to be honest and you build on those but for anyone who is interested in like dealing with trauma that some uh, i think yin yoga is particularly good with trauma and um, you hold postures for about eight minutes and it's it's working completely differently from the other styles of yoga so yin yoga actually works with the connective tissue mm. um whereas the others we're just working with like the the skeleton let's say and the muscles and, and the energy obviously but yin yoga is more from the chinese tradition and so you do it from cold you don't warm up and you stay longer so that you go deep into the connective tissue and that's they've done a lot of testing that's almost where the trauma lies it's actually in the fascia so that's why yin can be very um, emotional for some people it's really good at clearing trauma I didn't know that. Yeah, I've only ever done a few uh, yin classes and I love them. They were so relaxing. There's a great studio in um, in Old Street called uh, Chroma Yoga. Have you ever been in there? Is it with the lights? Yeah, so they like light up the room. I think the yin classes are always pink. So it's a white room with pink lighting in there. There's this lovely Spanish man called Roberto who was holding the class. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he was on Friday night at like nine o'clock or something. It was lovely. And I Amazing. left like so... I don't know. It was like high, but like calm and like grounded. I was actually with one of my best friends, my old housemate. And um, she left. She was like, that was bloody rubbish. She was like, I've gone through my whole mental to do this. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, beg. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got to be in the right mood. If you went for some kind of physical, if you went for getting the physical layer, then you'd be like a bit disappointed. But if you're going for like more of a deeper experience, it's fantastic for that. I think that's what's so great about yoga, isn't it? There's, it's not just one thing. It's yeah. So many people, and I think this is the same with chiropractic. I think, I think nowadays a lot of people get into it because they've got back pain or something, or they've got it's a physical thing. When actually, as as time goes on, they start to notice the other things. It's the yes, exactly. It just takes it takes you getting to know those layers a bit more and like spending more time in them because otherwise they're just too abstract. You're like, I don't know what they're talking about, my, my breath. Yeah. Even at the beginning. Yeah. I don't know what, I can't feel my, I can't notice my thoughts. So it just takes that time of practice. Then your, your sense, like your sense perception just does develop. Um, and like the real, the, not the real yogis, but like the yogis that kind of, it's completely their life. They can stop their hearts. They can do crazy things with their organs because their sense perception is so deep in their body by the by the time they've done it for 50 years or whatever how did you um how did you find your kind of passion for yoga how did you get into it and um, it was completely by accident yeah so we were um i was living in australia it was um it was my year abroad at uni so i was probably about 20 and um i was in bali working at an orphanage as you do randomly and it's one of those things I literally can't remember signing up to do it you know I, like all my friends were going to New Zealand and suddenly I was like why am I going to Bali on my own and why am I like when did I sign up for this um and the other volunteer was doing her teacher training and she kept leaving me in the morning with like these 40 kids and I was like uh -uh, I'm coming with you um, so every morning we woke up really early and we went and did yoga in her yoga school. Well, at, funnily enough, Yoga Barn, which has now like got hundreds of people going. But, but back then it, there were six of us in, in a class. And actually, now I say it, my first, I think, major kind of aha moment was in a yin class when I had all these kind of quite trippy memories. 
and felt very floaty and wonderful after it. And um, yeah, that was it. I was just hooked. 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 Yeah. So got, um, have you got any advice to anyone who, who has tried yoga and just hasn't got that feeling? Or is yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got, look. So first of all, my one main piece of advice that I would give, um, which I know especially if we live in like big cities and we've got stressful jobs, like our exercise time, let's say is quite kind of limited. Maybe you've got that hour um, and you just want to kind of move because you've been sitting at a desk or something. Mm -hmm. But I can see with the rise of yoga, a lot of people treat it as their exercise. Yeah. Um, and so therefore when a class slows down, like a yin class or something like that, they get frustrated because they're not getting their workout. Um, and I would just say, it's so much deeper than that. And the potential is if you can let yourself drop into the layers, it's incredible. So if you can keep up your other forms of exercise, like running or swimming, something cardio. So you get that, like get that out of your system almost. Yeah. So that when, when you come to yoga, you can be more willing to slow down um, and kind of go inward. Then I would say that's definitely my first piece of advice. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Instead of, yeah, instead of using that hour of yoga time, it's like, right, I've just finished work, now I'm going to go smash out a hour of yoga and do it as like a, as like a hit workout. Um, yeah, because it's, it's, it's just not good for you to re repeatedly do those vinyasas. Like, I've now I'm a yoga therapist. I've seen so many people come through. You must have seen so many people with actually really bad bodies because of yoga because they're just repeatedly doing these same uh, flows and it's just a repetitive strain. Yeah, well, I think particularly with certain like low back conditions or with certain postures and stuff as well that that certain people tend to fall into repeated yoga over a long period of time without doing anything other than that other than that can definitely make things a lot worse. And I think just using yoga for treatment for your back pain and or you know to help you with posture is it, it's not the best idea you know i think there's there's other it's a great tool but i think there are other elements that you need to look at and, and to you definitely and i think what's ha i think what's happened because of that um is sadly a little bit i'm seeing in london i'm not sure in other cities but um in studios all the slower classes or maybe the more um spiritual let's say based or the ones that are going into the deeper layers are not on the schedule anymore so all that's getting offered is like power yoga um, strong vinyasa yoga which are great if you're doing like one or two a week but if you're doing them six times a week which some people are doing um, and that's the only thing offered on the schedule then that's such a shame and to be honest then that's turning yoga into something that it's not yeah yeah I think I think you're yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head there really um yeah have you got any I guess most people who would be listening to this have you got any particular studios or particular classes that you would recommend in London um god yeah loads okay, one that's online um that I'm really drawing at the moment and she's also at trip space in Haggerston and um, she's at the life center the life center one in um Islington I think and she's the one in Notting Hill as well senior teacher she's called Tanya Mikowitz and she does a really good mix of like a flow class but then um, really kind of brings in mudras and the breath quite a lot and meditation so she's fantastic um, Kundalini 
Uh-huh. Yourself, obviously. Myself, yes. <laughs> I would really recommend me. <laughs> um, and also a lovely lady called Kwali Kumara who does Kundalini Yoga. Who, and again, that's a completely different style. That's more working on the psyche. Um, using quite strong breath techniques and what they call kriyas. So that's a whole different tradition together. That's almost like from the Sikh tradition. But I'd really recommend her. She's on a Sunday three online as well. So I can write them up. And also anyone can message me for any advice about um, anything to do with yoga, really. I'm happy to help. Awesome. All right, Ma. Well, look, we didn't even get anywhere near touching on yoga therapy today, but maybe I, uh, I feel like we could probably talk for hours. So let's wrap things up here today. And um, we'll post all the links to everything that we've talked about below. Um, Molly, where can everyone find you online? Um, I'm, God, what am I? I think I'm yoga underscore Moll, M-O-L-L. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And you are hosting a yoga class tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., I believe. Do you know what? I'm going to change it to Sunday because there's a charity class going on that I really want to direct everyone to. So actually, there's, I'll let you know about it. Tomorrow, 10 to 11.15 on a Saturday, there is um, a charity class. Uh, I don't know how to direct people to it, apart we'll from on my link. Instagram. <laughs> we'll post the link. We'll post Great. The link for it. And it's going, um, all proceeds are going to the Mumbai slums to raise money for their provisions out there. Amazing. All right, darling. Well, okay, thanks so much, Lil. Have a great rest of your day. And you anyway, too. I hope you have a lovely day. And we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye.